by Riverside. Hello, what's up and how it go, buddy? Welcome to the Penman International Podcast. We call ourselves the protectors of Bahamian culture. And as an organization, our goal is to preserve, teach, and cultivate the Bahamian culture. I'm Shani Smiller. I'm Kamel Mitchell. Here's Johnny. I'm Ashton McKenzie. And we are Penman International. Today, our topic is storytelling. Now, the Bahamas are home to rich heritage and culture that of their own myths and legends as most other countries do. These myths come from a cultural background that can be traced all the way back to Africa, a natural and unnatural phenomena that early locals witnessed in their environment. Now guys, this question is for you too. What are your experiences on stories, a.k.a. folklores, in the Bahamas? Well, I guess I'll take this one first. Um, well, my experience was, my first experience was actually with the legend of Sami Swain. And I know we, talk, we talked about the legend of Sami Swain last episode, and a lot of people probably want to know what it is. But as we get into more of our podcasts, I promise you guys that we will have an entire podcast dedicated to the production it's a really great production and we're going to share as much as information with you as we can but that was my first um you know my first encounter with storytelling and folklore because the production itself was based off of a folklore so learning about the story the original story that inspired the production really got my gears going about you what folklore is all about and also i then had to develop that when I went into high school, me and a couple other friends, we started Poetry Club. And shout out to all of my Anatolians if you listen, but we started Poetry Club. And Poetry Club was something that where we had to bring our own poetry or bring our own stories and present them. So that really inspired a lot of young persons in my school to really get their creative juices flowing so that as our Bahamian culture would come out and cultivate within us, we would be able to, you know, to do different stories, do different yeah. poets, do different narratives. Mm-hmm. All of that was, you know, instrumental into us. Also, the Bahamas Learning Channel. Sorry if I'm talking so much. But the Bahamas Learning Channel was something that I really got into because Portia Sands had a segment where she would say, if you shake my tree, little hat, a story might fall out. Uh, but yeah, that's something that I learned. All of the Babuki and Barabi stories, that's what I learned from, from the Bahamas Learning Channel. And then my choir director, Dr. Patricia Bazard was a storyteller. And so she really helped me to learn how to tell stories in a really exciting way. That was my introduction to and my experience to stories. Right. Well, my first experience was all the way in elementary school. Um, shout out to Sadie Curtis. Woo! Anyway, um, they were talking about uh, this, this bird, um, Chick Charney. It was an ugly big bird. And <laughs> I don't remember the story because it happened so long ago, but I remember being so traumatized by it. I wanted to forget it. Um, y'all help me with that. Y- y- y'all know about the Chikchani? Yeah, I listen, I didn't learn about the Chikchani until I was in high school. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I didn't learn. I honestly didn't learn about it. All I, all I knew from it 
was because my friend, we were doing National Arts Festival, which is a festival here where people do um, plays, music, and what else, Devin? It's plays, music. Uh, play, wow. Well, it's a, it's a wide arraignment of, of things. You have plays, you have uh, musical performances of various genres, and then you have spoken word, choral speaking. There, there's a lot that you can do, instrument playing, um, things like that. Yeah, so my friend entered that. We entered that that one year. And his spoken word piece that he had to do was Night with, with the Chick Chani. And that's how I found out. And uh, he started had to do all of the dramatizations for it. And I, I, I found out that Chick Chani was like, what, a bird would have an owl face and a man body. It, it was just really weird. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I think uh, it's an abaco, I think. Well, yeah, uh, I think I'm like the, the the one bookworm out of everybody. Um, the the Chick Chani, I don't think I grew up uh, with that kind of uh, fear that uh, you guys might have. Um, I I remember that the the Chick Chani is re- the the appropriate name would be the Taito um, owl, mm-hmm. and it originated in in Exuma, which is my my hometown. Oh, really? Uh, which, uh, my, my family is from in Exuma, so okay. uh, that's something that I, would have been passed down to me from my grandparents, just learning that, you know, it's a Taito elephant, it stands about two feet tall, and it went extinct in the 1500s. Uh, it's wow. a, it, the, the imagery that was passed down to us, much like uh, another superstitious um, character, which is called um, Luska. It's a, a shark, mm-hmm. an octopus combination um oh yeah i heard about that one i heard about that one yeah Yeah, so it's like it's an over dramatization of of that of that character to you know further uh, intensify the storyline um and to add to uh, you know what the experience of storytelling was for me i got most of my experience uh through text uh an evening in guanima mikolas i did a lot of coursework and a lot of research and writing and analyzing Mm -hmm. of her prose and that gave me a greater appreciation for literature in one way, Bahamian literature in one way. And then yeah. the, the storytelling, of course, because I had no idea that we had so many folklores to enjoy and to pass down to our children. There are not many texts that you can purchase. So if you have someone in your family that's passing down those stories, appreciate them, write them down. I guarantee you you will not be able to google them and find them online so you, you have to keep the culture alive by passing them down that's early. right that's right wow wow that's amazing all right so um just one more question um so what do you guys think about the stories that have developed or what have happened in the bahamas well stories in the bahamas are all to me, or even West Indian stories, or you know, Afro-Carib stories, most of them are really superstitious, and a lot of them are supernatural and spirits. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, we love yes. spirits. We love supernatural yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. We love open. Right. Like it, it's just <laughs> everything that's supposed to scare right. you. And the older people is be telling these stories, and it, they don't have no fear. Right. They just be telling these, and they and some of these people live through this. Mm-hmm. They live, some of these stories actually be fact. Like, they be true stories. Right. <laughs> and these people live through this and it's like, it don't even phase them. Right. So, 
to me, like all of this, all of the development, all of the stories, it, all of it is really, you know, scary. I mean, most of them do have a theme to it. Don't get me wrong. Some of them do have a theme to it, like don't lie, don't steal, right. obey your parents. But majority of the stories are, you know, just a lot of super supernatural stuff. Right. Right. And, you know, it is it is really, really scary. And it, it's so good that, you know, it, it should be on a larger and grand scale. You know what I mean? Bahamians yeah. are so creative. Yeah, some of them are real stories. But, you know, some of the, most of them are folklores. You know, they, they mix. And, you know, it just sucks that we don't have that, you know, that that company for a behemoths to produce actual movies and folklores in real time, you know? Um, but, you know, that that's a sad time. But, you know, let's not talk about that. Question, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? Well, I think superstitious stories are, like, one of my most favorite things uh, that I had growing up. My uncle would always read stories to us growing up. Um, so I, I had a, a fairly a fairly good opportunity to kind of get into literature like I was talking about before and when I got old enough to kind of understand okay this is coming from this perspective where we're trying to bring forth an element of entertainment when we think back in the Bahamas let's think maybe back about 50 years or or even 60 years we didn't have electricity we didn't have television you know we didn't have dvd players we didn't have vcrs we didn't have netflix hulu prime time (laughs) you know we didn't didn't have these things we didn't have these bits of of entertainment expression these Mm -hmm. things Exist. You play marbles, people, right? You know, you had marbles, talking, <laughs> right? You know, um, so the only thing that you had was family and, and people that were around you. Right. So these folklores, we, we also have to understand that these folklores are are the, the foundation of what built community back then. That yes. is that was one of the ways that we were able to bring the community together in one place That's for so you know a common right a common time and sharing. And it's the same, it's almost like the same effect as attending church. You know, that's how close and tightly we hold folklore to our heart. We hold it as similar to our faith, right. you know? So we're going to church every Sunday and chances are likely after after the church service would have been done, the family is going to go to grandma's uh, house or grandpa's house or mommy house or daddy house, auntie, uncle, whatever may have you. And they're going to sit down and they're going to share folklore with the children. You're going to get Sunday that's- dinner first. And then right, you right, you right, you gotta eat first. Yeah. You have to eat. Right. So, you know, those are just, you know, little reminders of how society has also affected the way and the chain of, of the sharing of Bahamian folklore. Back then, you know, it would have been here's a new folklore every other day. And I'm sure we've we've let a lot of them, maybe hundreds of them, slip through the crack because we've just gotten, you know, so so faceted with TV and internet and Wi-Fi and, and mobile devices and all those things, we've kind of joined the rest of the world with the fast-paced living. Right. So, you know, unfortunately that that, yeah, that happens. Yeah, we kind of forgot and, our culture, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's something that I was I was talking about a bit earlier before we started the podcast where, as where I learned a lot of our, uh, all of these folklores from the Bahamas Learning Channel where Portia Sands used to, where she had the segment, um, storytelling where she said like i said earlier if you shake my tree a lot where she had that segment and 
that's how I learned because the Bahamas Learning Channel, I don't even know if the Bahamas Learning Channel is still up and running today. You know, they had all these different right. stuff to really help people learn. I The Times Table songs and the um, digestion songs. Yes. Yeah, I had a digestion song. That my body don't want in, um, congestion, so it must do digestion. Yeah. But um, wow. all, all of that... All of that, all of that really helps grow a lot of young behemoths like myself and my sisters to really understand what our culture is about. And so even now, I don't understand, I don't see it. So because it's not, it's not there, I think that it's really detrimental to a lot of younger persons who are growing up and will not be exposed to this type of stuff. Because the Bahamas Learning Channel was, was a device that was used to really get a lot of young persons, children, engaged in yeah. their culture, engaged in not just learning about their culture, but also learning the Western life. Because you had to learn your times tables, you had to learn the metric system. Yeah. And they would use Bahamian tools to really get, garner that knowledge in young Bahamian children. And so because that outlet or that platform isn't about anymore, I don't know how impactful civics classes are and social studies classes are to a lot of the young children out there right. now. And, you know, even um, even the ring play, I don't even see the young children, like, you know, passing it down the twee-ly-ly. None of that, you know, it, it's just sad, you know. <laughs> a lot of it being lost. And again, you know, just reminding us, that we we don't we don't go outside anymore even and no. um, play in the yard. We don't ride no bike no more. We play. don't. No, and and, <laughs> and it has it has less to do in this case with um, forgetting our culture, but just the 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 the, the um, state of our country right mm-hmm. now. There's a lot of time. You know, children aren't as safe as they were maybe 20, 25 yeah, years ago. I agree. They yeah. outside, you know, so. You know, there are a lot of factors that have that have came in and, and contributed to, you know, a lot of things just not being as traditional. Yeah. Or as feasible as they as they once were. We're not we're not so much a laid back island right. as much as we were thirty years ago. We're very commercialized. We're right. a hot spot lists. Crime is on the high every day. I mean, every day you turn on the news as something. So it's it's so difficult to, to kind of keep stasis in, in a country that is constantly going through some kind of change. Right. Right. Wow. This is that's so powerful, you know. But, you know, we, we about to wrap this up because guess what time it is? What time is it? It's what time is it? Story time! <laughs> okay, I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, my goodness! <laughs> oh, wow. Already? Yeah. Already. <laughs> All right. We got to put the good voice on for this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this me, this, I, I, I'm going to go first, guys. Okay, yeah. ready, guys? Yeah. Bon day. Bon day. Bon day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Once upon a time was a very old time where a monkey chew tobacco and spit white line. It wasn't my time. It wasn't your time. It was old time. This story is called The Turlet. Now, we all know Bohemian children love to play outside. And this story is all about Lil Johnny, who loved to play outside. 
Lil Johnny had a big family, and all his siblings every Saturday used to come out in the field and play. One day they was playing in the yard, laughing and having a good time. When one of Lil Johnny's sisters, Sarah Sue, look at Lil Johnny and say, Lil Johnny, you's a weak little boy. You ain't got no strength. And Lil Johnny look at her and say, yeah, I'm strong. I's a strong boy. So everybody look at Lil Johnny and say, boy, he was a weak boy. You ain't got no strength. And Lil Johnny say, I's a strong boy. I'm strong. So they look at him and they say, yeah, you think you strong? Go push that outhouse over there off the cliff. Now the outhouse was a big old outhouse with their daddy just built, just to use. So little Johnny look at the outhouse, look at his siblings, look back at the outhouse and say, I's a strong boy. <laughs> they say, yeah, go push the outhouse. So little Johnny get himself ready, position himself. And dash to the outhouse and push it. Now the outhouse shake left. It shake right, but it stay there. Now inside the outhouse was Lil Johnny Pa, but they didn't know he was in there. Lil Johnny Pa was sitting on the toilet, reading his newspaper. He feel the outhouse shake. He look up, he look down, and he continued reading his newspaper. Now outside the outhouse, all the little Johnny sisters and brothers laugh at him. Say, you weak, boy, you weak. Ha <laughs> ha, you weak. Little Johnny say, no, man, I's a strong boy. I's a strong boy. So they look at him again and they say, yeah, you think you strong? Go push the outhouse again. So little Johnny look at the outhouse again. And he muster up some strength. And he gone back, gone back again. And he gear himself up. And he dashed to the outhouse and push it again. The outhouse shake. The outhouse shake left. The outhouse <laughs> shake right. And it come back down and it sit down, but it didn't go off the cliff. Little Johnny Pa sit inside the outhouse. The outhouse shake again. It shake left. It shake right. But he look up. He look down. He look left. He look right. And he continued reading his newspaper without a care in the world. Outside the outhouse, little Johnny's siblings laughing at him, laughing so hard they belly hurting, kicking in the air. Ha <laughs> ha, little Johnny, you weak. You so weak, boy. You so weak, man. Little Johnny more determined than ever. A little tail rolled down the eye, but he must stop that strength. He say, no, man, I ain't weak. Watch this. Watch this. <laughs> Lil Johnny take 10 steps back. Look left. Look right. He get himself together with the wind. He called and he dashed towards the autos and he pushed. And he pushed the autos right on the edge of the cliff. And the autos fall off the cliff. Everybody was cheering. They were so excited. They was clapping their hands. They was cheering and they was excited. They was high-fiving. They say, yeah, little Johnny, you strong. You's a strong boy. And little Johnny say, yeah, I tell y'all so. I's a strong boy. That's right. And they go about their business playing, playing in the field, having a jolly time because little Johnny was the strong boy in the house. They go on playing in the field. And later that day, Little Johnny Pa come walking in the field, gather all the little children, 
sit them down, look down at them and say, who knocked the outhouse over? Everybody look at the pa, quiet as a mouse. Nobody say nothing. He looked down at them again and he said, who knocked the outhouse over? Nobody say nothing. Everybody quiet as a lamb, looking innocent. So he pa decided he was going to try something. Little Johnny Pa decided he was going to tell a story. So little Johnny Pa start off like this. He look at the children. He said, I can tell y'all a story. He said, there was a little boy named Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln had a pa. And Abraham Lincoln pa had a favorite cherry tree. And one day, Abraham Lincoln pa gave him an axe for he birthday. And Abraham Lincoln take that axe and say he was going to test that axe out. And he gone to that cherry tree and he chopped, chopped. Chop that cherry tree, that cherry tree down. And one day, Abraham Lincoln daddy come home. And Abraham Lincoln daddy say, who chopped down my cherry tree? And Abraham walk up to he daddy and he say, father, I chopped the cherry tree down. <laughs> and Abraham Lincoln daddy hug up, Ab hug up Abraham Lincoln, kiss him up and say, thank you for telling the truth, son. I love you. <laughs> And so he looked down at the children one more time. Little Johnny Pa looked down at them again. And he say, who knocked the outhouse over? Little Johnny, so inspired by the story that he pa tell, stand up and say, Father, I knocked the outhouse over. Little Johnny Pa raise his hand, swing it back and slap Johnny one time. <laughs> <laughs> he say, boy, you stupid. Eh? Little Johnny look up at the pa and say, Father, you lied to me. You say little George Washington father. You say little Abraham Lincoln father. Give him hugs and kisses. Little Georgie pa look at him and wail him. He give him one wailing that night. That it, today you will hear little, jo little Johnny crying to this very day. And you know what the old folks say? The old folks say, you spare the broad, you spoil the child. Wow. wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what an amazing story. Wow. It's a story about discipline and determination. I love it. It's a story about beating. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, yeah. To beat. I yeah. How determination gets you, gets you beat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cha 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 la. This store, <laughs> I love it. You know, it's kind of, you know, I would say kind of creepy, but hey, bear with me. Bear with me. Anyway, Bone Day! Bone Day! <laughs> Once upon a time was a very old time. The monkey chewed tobacco and spit white vine. It wasn't my time or your time. It was old time. This story is the girl and the fish. This day this girl went down to the sea for salt water. One little fish who the conch shell. She named him Konkawali. She put him in the well. Every morning, she used to put breakfast in the bucket and carry to the fish and summer dinner and summer supper. She feed them till they get a big fish. This morning, 
Then she went to carry the breakfast for him. She sing, Conco Wally, don't you want to marry me? My daddy short him. He comes up and she feed him. Then she, she let him down. Then she get home. The boy say, Pa, sister got something inside the well. And the next day she come, bring vitals again for him. The man say to the boy, you go behind the tree and listen to what she gonna say. The girl sing, Gon' go Ollie, gon' go Ollie. Don't you wanna marry me? My daddy short tail. Then the boy say, huh? The boy catch it. He gone and he tell he pa. The boy say, Pa, sister say, Conco Wally, Conco Wally. The man go, he took he Grinch. He sing, Conco Wally, Conco Wally. Won't you marry me? My daddy short tail. Right? The fish come up and strike him. He carry him home and he had some for dinner. So the girl say, I bet you this nice fish. Then the girl took some of the bucket to carry to the fish. Then then the girl went to the well to call the fish. She sang, Conco Wally, Conco Wally, won't you marry me? My daddy short tail. She sing again. Conco Wally, Conco Wally, I want to marry you. Conco Wally. My daddy short tail. She ain't had no fish. And she ain't seen none. So she sing one more after mine. Congo Wally. Congo Wally. Why would you marry me? My daddy short tail. She began to cry now. She tried one more last time. Congo Wally. Congo Wally. I want to marry me. Do you want to marry me? My daddy short tail. So she cried all the way home. And when she went inside the house, she went behind the house and she cried herself to death. The end. <laughs> I don't know what would be more Bahamian than this dramatic folklore. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that guy, I'm, I can cry myself to death. Wow. <laughs> that oh is wow. That, you can't really comment on the story, really. No. <laughs> oh my God. Ciao. <laughs> Gee, that's, it's so, it's, you know, and to, to some people who are probably from other cultures, they may only capture the, the cry herself to right. death. Art, but you know this this folklore highlights a a unique situation in the Bahamas that a lot of this generation's um, early adults uh, are starting to explore now with uh, with toxic parenting. You know, so although this story is kind of showing you like how children love, uh, how children's love is innocent and comes from a pure place and they give all of their heart and they would give you their last, they would share and all these great things. Here in this folklore, we can even say there's evidence that, you know, 
in in those times, parenting wasn't the best. We didn't have psychology or or a method and clinical approach books to to help parents to be better parents or parenting classes or anything like that. So, you know, this this also highlights the the, the bad in in our development as a country as well. So it's sad, but it, you know we can laugh at it today. Yeah, you know we can laugh at it today, but. Back then, I'm I'm pretty sure that this this hit the hearts of many Bahamian uh, many Bahamian kids. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it probably did. We need to bring this back, man. You know, make a song with oh. a bit of something. <laughs> <laughs> Over oh, girl crying herself to death. Conco Wally. Feeling the rhythm, eh? <laughs> she ready for the next board day <laughs> she's ready okay okay so everybody this is fire engine and it's written by yours truly and it'll be published through Penman international productions mm. so let's get right into this wonderful story it's going to be performed not by me but by um my my trusty character ernest alfonso lloyd He's been at my side for a while, and we use him for moments, especially like this. So enjoy, and um, yeah, here's here's fire engine. Bon day, bon day. <laughs> Once upon a time was a very old time. The monkey chewed tobacco, and he spit white lime. It could have been my time, but it wasn't your time, cause it was an old time, a good old-fashioned time. Once upon a time, there was a boy and a ma. Big party old vest, big party old vest. I need my hair, nails, and dress to look the best. All through Gambell, it echoes in the streets as the woman washed the clothes, catching gap seed. Mama, can I go? Go. Boy, you're too young. Wash these sweet waters, then carry them to be hung. Rake the yard and tend to them hen. Then buy that last rooster crow. You know, Betty be in bed. Big party out west and everyone get to go. But we children lock down and kapunkle up in we room. With all my strength, I rake and scrape them sweet water like saw and junk canoe. Then I quadrilled my way round the yard, putting all of the bris in my croaker sack bag. Boy, mama thinks she's slick. <laughs> mama thinks she's smooth. Big patio old Wes, and I got he stay home. Just as the boy had finished his chores, he went inside the house. His mother was in the kitchen preparing a big, juicy pot of peas and rice, cheesy and peppery big macaroni, and fried snappers for lunch and dinner. But before the mother got dressed to leave for the party, she gave her son one last task to keep him occupied. Boy, I want to leave for the party. The stove is on low. Turn it off in about 30 minutes or so. Yes, ma'am, he replied. Boy, 30 minutes and not a lick more. Y'all think the boy listened to his ma? Just as he left, just as she left out the door to get to the party, he sped through the back door. He jumped over the rules fence, sprouted through this watermelon patch, and started making his way 
back to the back road to walk to the big patio of the west. He was excited. He had always been hearing about these fun parties. Now he had his chance. Oh. See, you see, after a long ten-minute trot, the boy finally passed the cocoa plum trees. Dark had fallen, and he had finally reached the house after following others there. But there was something strange about the house. He had passed the plum trees every other day, and he had never seen this house before. Now, y'all know he double-eyed, so he could not see from far. He crept through the bushes and stooped real, real low by the coconut tree. And he saw he ma, three neighbors, and that red lady from down the hill. The once loud music was turned down and all the clatter ceased. He was intrigued. Now what happened there? The party just gone dead. He got up, brushed himself off, and headed towards the door. I tell you, he was excited. This moment is the big reveal. He knocked on the door. Come said a faint woman's voice. When the door opened, he could not believe what he saw. He saw a seven feet tall, green, scaly, and forked tongue and all. Woman standing with peasy hair and curlers and eyes sharp and keen. The woman had a human head and a snake body in between. Well, mother sick, well, monkey tamron. He could not believe he had attended not any regular party, but an old bear meeting. Lord, he yucked from the door and dashed down the road. He licked through the back road, tangled up in the watermelon patch, fall over the road's fence, and then stared at his back door. His ma clapboard house burned down. Jesus. Call the fire engine. Jesus. Tell them come quick. <sighs> what? You thought he was going to have the time he liked it? No, sir. I never hear from he again after that. Who really knows what happened to old naughty Johnny? <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> and just to give you guys a, a, you know, deep detail of what uh, brought this, what brought this folklore about, there's a song called Naughty Johnny, uh, oh, Naughty Johnny, oh, Naughty Johnny. And I thought it would be really cool to incorporate a, a true life uh, phenomena that my sister experienced, my oldest sister experienced a few years ago with this lady out west. Uh, she and her friends had went to, to a party. And when this lady had opened the door, she had her hair in curlers and uh, she had a, a snake's body. So uh, just to let you guys know, Obez is, is so real. It is so real and it's happening and we have power over it. You know, God reigns and there's no need to fear, but Obe is so real. And um, a lot of these folklores, uh, especially talking about Obe are so real. Um, and this is not to scare anybody, but just letting you know that, you know, the part of the, the story with Johnny and, you know, his mom cooking and the house burning down pre-exists. It's from uh, the, the Naughty Johnny song, but I just felt a cool, you know, connection with those two stories. And I, I thought maybe putting them together would be 
would be fun. Any comments from you guys about it? No. I'm gonna, I, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, well, I just, I was so, like, like I don't know, I was kind of shocked because I was like, wait a minute, this is CM Johnny? And then I saw I saw at the bottom, you say Naughty Johnny, I said, oh my God, that's a story behind us all that time. You know, I, <laughs> I, I was like, okay, so this would really happen. Okay, this makes sense. But yeah, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I, didn't any, I didn't have anything to say. That's why I was going to let you go. But yeah, I, I just feel so, I'm so happy that we got this moment to really express this particular part of our culture, which is such a rich part of our culture that we don't see really going, being produced at this particular point in time. Even in the music, like where you told the Naughty Johnny story, where in music, a lot of times stories would be told and stories with morals in them. Right. Whereas now a lot of music does not have that. So I'm, I'm just really excited that people will get to learn more about particular parts of their culture, especially listening to this podcast. So that's it. Yes. Yes. It's amazing, man. <laughs> Here's our uh, last food for thought as, as we wrap up. Uh, I got to bring Ernest back. <laughs> <laughs> Lime does be sour, but daily show is be sweet. Tune in for another Bohemian treat next week. Till next time, everybody. And we would love to have you for our special episode. You see how you, y'all, y'all catch how I just melded right back into myself? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, just tune in with us next week as we venture the, the honorable cultural icon, Cleophis Adley OBE. We're, we're going to be taking a, a look at Pride, which is one of the the movements from his folk opera, Our Boys. And we look so very much forward to sharing with you what we find and, and cool things that we enjoy. And we hope that these podcasts are not only bringing you entertainment and enjoyment, but information. And be blessed, you know? <laughs> Take yeah. care, guys. You take care. All right. Yeah. See you later. Powered by Riverside. Yeah. <laughs>